0: Latin Americans tell of when, in difficult times, a local dictator defended his rule before a skeptical nation. When I took office, he insisted, we stood on the brink of an abyss. But since then we have taken a great leap forward. The bitter stories circulated in the early 1980s, as Latin Americans faced the worst debt crisis in their history. Beginning around 1970, The countries of the region had borrowed hundreds of billions of dollars from banks in North America, Europe, and Japan. The frenzied borrowing kept the economies going. Brazil built up the developing world's biggest industries. Mexico went from being an oil importer to a major oil exporter. Chile's Pinochet dictatorship spurred the rise of huge private conglomerates. The borrowing also drove speculative bubbles in finance and real estate. But in these prosperous times, some disproportionate enthusiasm was understandable. In August 1982 came the great leap into the abyss. Squeezed by rising interest rates on their debt and falling prices for their oil exports, the Mexican government announced that it could not make payments on its $80 billion foreign debt. Within weeks, loans dried up to all of Latin America and soon to all of the developing world. Heavily indebted countries spent the next decade struggling through the aftermath of the crisis. After 2001, Americans took a similar march toward their own indebted abyss. They borrowed trillions of dollars from foreigners and used the money for a national binge of consumption, financial excess, and housing speculation. Seven years later came the great leap off a financial cliff. In August 2008, borrowers and lenders alike looked down and saw nothing but air. Deficits, Round 1, The 1980s America started its journey to the brink almost 30 years earlier when the country engaged in its first massive foreign borrowing of the modern era. In 1981, Ronald Reagan signed into law one of the largest tax cuts in American history. Over the next four years, the Economic Recovery Tax Act of 1981 reduced federal tax revenues by nearly half a trillion dollars, almost a trillion dollars in 2010 terms. Although it was clear that these tax cuts would immediately increase the government budget deficit, the Reagan administration argued that the tax cuts would soon pay for themselves and eliminate the deficits. The tax rate was too high, the argument went, so that reducing it would spur economic growth and the overall tax take enough to balance the budget. The idea was that there is a point at which the tax rate is so high that it actually discourages economic activity and reduces government tax revenues. The result would be a curve, with tax revenue rising up to the point where exorbitant taxes make the economy stagnate, after which point tax revenues start to fall. The curve was called a Laffer curve, after conservative economist Arthur Laffer, who is alleged to have drawn it on a paper napkin for Dick Cheney, Donald Rumsfeld, and some other Republican politicians in the 1970s. The Laffer curve became a major justification for persisting with aggressive tax cuts even as budget deficits ballooned.